This is episode number 45 with the founder and CEO of O2E Brands and the author of WTF, Willing to Fell, Brian Scudamore. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side, and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, Make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. WTF. I can't believe I got to drop in with Brian Scudamore here on the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you guys because Brian is someone that I've really looked up to for a long time from afar. And I'm very, very honored and privileged to have had the opportunity to talk with him and interview him here for the podcast. And Huge thank you to Brian for being so generous with his time and being willing to join me here, share some of his experience and his wisdom with the audience. This is an episode that you absolutely want to tune in to every single second of. For those that are not familiar with Brian, he is the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He's gone on to create O2E Brands, which is a family of home service-based franchise brands, including 1-800-GOT-JUNK, Shack Shine, and WOW One Day Painting. O2E stands for Ordinary to Exceptional, 
And Brian starts off by sharing his story of how he started out as what many people would have thought was just an ordinary young man. He talks about how he struggled and didn't even quite finish high school, talked his way into university, didn't graduate from university, but started a junk hauling business in the process of all of this, decided to go all in, and now today O2E Brands is a half a billion dollar business. So I love what Brian stands for. I love what he's built. And he teaches through real life examples. And he shares so much of this in this episode today. He also talks about his book, WTF, Willing to Fell. And this is the newest book that I've added to my required reading list for any business owner and any entrepreneur. This is an absolute must read. Brian shares through his real life examples of how he failed in many different instances, but never let that failure set him back. And I think this is something that's so important for any business owner, any entrepreneur. Really, it's just in life, you have to get comfortable with the fact that you are going to fail. This is something I still struggle with myself, but the more I get comfortable with failure, the more I grow. And that's exactly what Brian talks about in the book. And he shares a lot of his principles from the book in the episode today. So this this episode is packed with so much value and you know Brian's a busy guy. He had about 30 minutes to spend with me. I'm very appreciative for that. I can't believe how much value he packed into this 30-minute podcast episode. So I'm going to just get right into it. There's no way I can hype this up enough. So let's go ahead and drop in with Brian Scudamore. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are familiar with you and and your story, but for anyone that may not be, you know, maybe give us a little bit of background, you know, maybe start by what you're doing today, but I want to make sure the audience has a chance to hear some of your story and how you got started as an entrepreneur in the first place, because I think it'll really resonate with a lot of people listening in. Absolutely. It started back in the day of 1989. It was a way for me to pay for college. Yep. I was one course short of graduation from college. And I love to learn. I just didn't do well in school. From kindergarten to college, I went to 14 different schools. And the only one I, true, true story, the only one I graduated from was, was kindergarten. <laughs> so there I was, a high school student, one course short of graduation. And I was in a McDonald's drive-thru and I saw this beat up old pickup truck in front of me. It had plywood sides. It said Mark's hauling on the side and it was filled with junk. Okay. And I looked at that truck and I went, you know, there's a way for me to pay for college. I talked my way into college. I needed to find the money to pay for it. And this business opportunity was what was going to do it. So I took 700 bucks. I had a thousand dollars in the bank. 700 went to a beat up pickup truck of my own flyers and business cards with the rest. And off I went, I'd drive down alleys, laneways, someone had a pile of junk, I'd offer to cart it away for a fee. And that was the basic business model. We were called the rubbish boys at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was really just me, but a vision for something bigger, hence the name. Sure. And that progressed to become 1-800-GOT-JUNK over the years. So if I looked at three years into my college education, I remember sitting down with my father, he's a liver transplant surgeon, he's done a ton of schooling. And I said, Hey, dad, I'm learning more about business running one more than I am studying in school. I'm going to leave school and I'm going to pursue my business, pursue my dream full time and go all in. And I made that tough choice, which is clearly paid off, even though my father might not have agreed with it at the time. And here we are today, a 
a half a billion dollar group of brands. So you mentioned O2E Brands, which mm -hmm. stands for Ordinary to Exceptional. We take ordinary businesses like junk removal, very fragmented mom and pop spaces, and we make them exceptional through customer experience and awesome people. And so we've gone from 1-800-GOT-JUNK after 22 years, I got into another business, Wow One Day Painting, where we mm -hmm. paint people's homes in a day. And then Shack Shine, windows, gutters, power washing, and Christmas lights. And uh, the future is uh, bright for us. We're loving life and having a ton of fun growing entrepreneurs. So uh, I, I love the story. I love what you've built. You know, I'm a big fran fan of service-based franchise businesses. My wife and I own a couple of service-based franchise businesses ourselves. But, you know, I, I think your story is, is so important for people to understand because as you said, you know, you, you didn't quite graduate from college. I think I even read that you didn't fully graduate from high school and somehow talked your way sure. into college. Is that accurate? Yeah, I was one course short of graduating from high school and uh, I never finished Algebra 12. That was the one class that I didn't do. And I remember talking my way into university or college because all my friends were going. Sure, I sure. didn't want to have FOMO and miss out. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with the degree. I thought, you know, maybe I'll work my way up corporate America, work my way up the ladder. But I'd always had the entrepreneurial bug. My grandparents ran an army surplus store in San Francisco and I used to work there every summer, every Christmas vacation. And I got the that spark of, I love entrepreneurship. I love taking care of customers, watching people yep. grow and got the bug at an early age. So as you're sitting in this McDonald's drive-through and you see this junk truck, I think, I think a lot of people would have seen that and not even thought twice about it, but you saw opportunity. So I guess my question is, at that point in time, were you specifically looking for a business opportunity? And do you feel that's maybe why that truck caught your eye or, or was it just something that set a light bulb off in your head when, when you saw it? I think I'd always my entire life looked for business opportunities. When I was a kid in high school, one year I went to boarding school and I started my own school store from my dorm room. I'd go buy candy, chocolate bars, potato chips and bring them back to my dorm room and sell them to uh, students at night. And uh, I used to have a car wash as a kid. I remember having a price war with a, a competitor across the street, a neighbor. <laughs> so I'd always had little ideas that twirled in my brain. And I thought, you know, was looking for something. And that truck, just a light bulb went off as I saw, oh, that's kind of a neat way to fund my own college education. It was a tight summer job market in Vancouver where I started the business. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, why not go out and create my own business? And uh, that's what I did. So uh, what gave you the confidence to, to say, you know what, I don't think I need to finish college. I'm going to go all in on this business I've been building for the last few years. Because I think a lot of people, what holds them back from, you know, really pursuing what they want to do, especially if it revolves around business ownership, is they may think, well, you know, I don't have the relevant experience or I don't have the schooling or the degrees that most successful, you know, CEOs would have. What gave you the confidence to say, I'm going all in on this? Yeah, at a young age, I think it was, I had nothing to lose. You know Definitely. what, if I lost $1,000 investment, not the end of the world when you're 18 years old, or when I dropped out of college and I pursued this full time, if it didn't work, I remember sitting down with my dad telling him I was leaving school and he thought I was crazy. I said, hey, listen, if my business doesn't work out and I can't make this fly, I can always go back to school. And, uh, you know, a business opportunity might not be there down the road. So the confidence was just within myself to, I'm going to figure this out. 
There's so a what, sign behind me that says uh, Walt Disney quote. It's kind of fun to do the impossible. Yeah. I love just taking chances and having fun. And they've got to be calculated risks. Sure. I don't want to do something stupid, especially as the business gets bigger. I mean, as a half a billion dollar business, I don't want to lose what we've, what we've built. But I think when I look at people that start businesses, they often think that they don't have what it takes to make it work. Leadership, tenacity, the ability to, to learn and grow. A lot of it is people think, I don't have an idea. I don't mm. know what my idea is to go start a business. What's a good idea? And that's where I love what we do with franchising yeah. is we give people the proven recipe. You know, someone wants to bake a cake, you Google, you find a recipe, you follow that recipe to a T, you can see the ratings on the recipe, how good it is and how much people loved it. And you go bake that cake. You probably get it right the first time. Yeah. When someone buys into a franchise, they get a proven recipe that, as you know, uh, in that space, you can get it right the first time. And if you make mistakes, you're surrounded by other entrepreneurs, your franchise uh, peers who've made mistakes that can help you, they can support yep. you. So it's a different way of starting a business and one that uh, I've certainly fallen in love with. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising has had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at Wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. You know, as I've already mentioned, I, I love service-based franchises and you kind of alluded to the fact of, you know, why O2E Brands has turned into a, a 
conglomerate or a family of service-based franchises. So, you know, what is it about the, the service industry that's so attractive to you? Well, I love that you have mom and pop fragmented businesses where, you know, my wife called the other day, called some uh, vent cleaner mm -hmm. uh, company to come clean our vents and our furnace and the whole bit. And they're like, oh yeah, sorry. We, I know we were supposed to come, but we got busy. It's like, couldn't yeah. you have just called? You know, the lack of professionalism and organization yeah, yeah. that exists in these spaces. I love that the bar is so low. So yeah, when we yeah. come in with, let's say, wow, one day painting, people are blown away. They're wowed. It's in the company name that we paint your home in a day. Same quality, same pricing, but it's a well-organized, coordinated machine that gets it done in a day. It's a numbers game. Instead of two weeks and having one or two painters come through the house each and every day, especially during COVID, no one wants that. Sure. You get a team of people, flash mob, paint your home, well-coordinated, done in a day. The bar is low. The, the feeling we leave customers with is extremely high. And it's a rewarding uh, category to be in. Yeah, I totally agree. That's what we've seen is you know, the, the systems and processes that you get with a good franchise system ultimately allow the franchisees to take a more sophisticated approach to a business in an industry, whether it's painting or junk hauling or in our case, custom shelving, custom closets, insulation, where the bar is so low. And so it's very easy to not only meet, but exceed your client's expectations. And ultimately that just results in a better client experience. And I know that's central for you know, what you've built at O2E brand. So I'm curious because I've done development for service-based franchise businesses and a lot of the people I've been able to help get into those businesses, they, they had a little bit of trouble wrapping their head around, okay, well, why would I want to get into this service-based business? I have no experience hauling junk or I don't know the first thing about how to paint a house. So, you know, what would your response be to someone that says, well, you know, all this makes sense, but I don't picture myself in, in that type of business because I don't have the relevant experience. Yeah, in our spaces, 99% of people that come in do not have experience hauling junk, right? washing windows, whatever the, the, the space is. What we look for is we look for people that understand leadership. They can build and grow a team towards great results and living the vision. We look for people that know how to sales and market, that can get out there and drive the business forward. We do all the booking and dispatch through our call centers, our sales centers, and our online booking engines for our franchise owners. Mm -hmm. We want people that are going to build the team, pound the pavement to drive the business forward and, and grow an empire. When people come to us and they go, I don't like painting. I'm like, awesome. Perfect. Thank goodness you don't like painting. If you <laughs> right. did, that would be a bad thing. We yep. want someone that's going to roll up their sleeves and get into the business for the first six months to understand it. Because you can't lead something you don't understand. Yep. And once you understand it, you quickly get out and you go, great, let me build my team here. My sales and marketing team, my operational team, uh, and let's go. And so it's a, it's a fun category to be in. And I, yeah. I get it first. People go, I don't want to be in junk removal. <laughs> yeah. I want to be putting up Christmas lights. Awesome. That's good news. Exactly. Because if, if you, that's where you're spending your time as the owner, you're working in your business instead of on your business. So no, I, I love that and, and love your perspective on it because it's, um, it's something that, you know, we've been fortunate enough to learn ourselves. I couldn't tell you the first thing about how to build the shelving or install it that we sell in our business, but it's not my role. And uh, thankfully it's not because we would probably not be very successful if it were left up to me. 
Yeah, um, Wes, you, you mentioned a point, you know, work on your business, not in your business. This yep. is the book, the, the Bible of sorts for how to build systems and processes. And I remember reading it. There you go. It's an incredible book. And Michael Gerber's, I think, 83 years old and a good friend. I've gotten to know him over the years. The first thing he tells you in that book is get yourself out of the technician role. Get yourself yes. out of the day-to-day. -day. Otherwise, you, you will just be a technician and you will not build an empire. So whether someone ever looks into an O2E franchise or another franchise or starts their own business, amazing book to read. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and for those just listening and not watching the video, the book we're talking about is The E-Myth. You've heard me talk about it here on the podcast a lot. And Brian, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I sent you a DM on Instagram because I heard you talking in Clubhouse about the e-myth and I said, hey, that, that book changed my life. I send a copy of this book to a handwritten note to every person I work with that goes on to get awesome. into a franchise because I think it's required reading for any entrepreneur, any business owner. But speaking of books, you have a book yourself, WTF, you <laughs> Willing to Fell. And, yeah. and I want to have you talk a little bit about the concepts that you talk about in this book because you know as you kind of told your story earlier and I asked you how did you have the confidence to to go all in and you said well you know I didn't have a lot to lose I understood that if I you know started down this path and it didn't work out I could always backtrack and and start down another path and sure. you know you were willing to fail at that point in time but I think this is a concept that honestly it scares the hell out of most people, uh, the thought of failure, but it's something that whether it's in business or in life, we just have to get comfortable with. So I've had a chance to read the book. It's a fantastic read. I would add this to my list of, you know, required reading for any entrepreneur, but tell us a little bit about where, you know, where all of your material and these concepts that you talk about in the book came from. I mean, if you read the book, it's, it's real life experience from you, but um, you know, what was kind of the, I guess, the driving motivation to write the book? Yeah, so there, there's a great place to start, Wes. So the Wizard of Ads, a, a gentleman, Roy H. Williams, who lives in Austin, Texas, he does all our radio creative and helps with a lot of our marketing. And for years, he kept saying, Brian, you got to write a book. Brian, when are you going to write your book? And he asked me year after year after year when I'd visit him and I said, I, I, I don't need to write a book. My ego doesn't need a book. Right. I'm uh, not the world's best reader. I, I like to write and I'm, not, I'm decent at it, but I just was like, I don't think it's up my alley. Yeah. And he said, Brian, you don't understand. It's not about your ego. It's about helping others. You've yeah. learned for 30 years. You've done some amazing things, you and your team that need to be shared with the world. You've got stories to tell. And I said, okay, you know what? If you really think it's going to help others, let's do a book. So he mic'd me up. We spent an entire day, interview after interview, question after question, and we got a transcript, which became the basis for the book. And what was interesting, as he and I started going through the stories over the next months, putting the book together, we were trying to come up with a name for the book. Mm -hmm. I'm a branding guy, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, Shack yep. Shine. I like starting with brands. And I said, listen, we need a name. He goes, no, 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 I've written a dozen books or more the name comes after the book's written. I said, okay, I'll trust the process. So we, we put, finished the book and we were going, wow, failure, you're sort of a, a failure growth, failure growth, failure growth. And it was like these steps towards greatness in our business and our culture and all these magical things. The failures were stepping stones. They were gifts. So the title came right out. I was like, man, I failed a ton and WTF, willing to yeah, fail. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. willing to make mistakes. And I think that entrepreneurs or people in life, 
they, they, their ego gets in the way of them making mistakes. They have fear. They get worried about getting hurt financially. Those things are all important, but you don't grow if you don't take a risk. The analogy I give, and this is a real life example, my, my middle child years ago was coming back from ski school and she's crying. She's like, I hate it. I fall every day. And I go, you fall? She goes, yeah, every day. I hate it. And I go, do you know that the best skiers in the world started by falling? Wow. And I explained how you, you fall, you get up and you learn what you did wrong so that you don't fall again and how to be better. Yep. And uh, sure enough, you know, dad's advice worked because she came at the end of the day the next day and went, guess what? Big smile on her face. I fell. I'm like, awesome. We have to fall. I have not met a single entrepreneur, and I'm sure you can agree, Wes. There's no one that's been successful in this world in any category. It doesn't have to be business who hasn't made a ton of mistakes. Yeah. You know, looking back at my 18-year-old self, what's the one piece of advice I'd want to share that I want myself to know that I'd share with the world is you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. Just figure out what to learn from each one of them and know that they'll get you to a bigger, better place. Absolutely. So did this concept, being comfortable with failure and, and viewing failure as a learning opportunity, is this something that came naturally to you or did it kind of evolve over time? Yeah. I mean, I think I, as an entrepreneur, you know, we're risk takers. So you yep. take some risks, you're going to make some mistakes. It probably came somewhat naturally, but I think the shift for me was after the book was written, I'm going, wow, the power of failure. Mm. I now know that if I'm going to make a mistake, it's an opportunity to learn and it's going to take me to a better place. So what I do, and, and for your, your listeners and, and viewers, I take out a sheet of paper when I make a mistake and I go, what's at least one thing better that could potentially come from this failure? And sometimes I end up with two, three, four ideas. And it's just planting that seed that there's opportunity here. Every failure, I I fired my entire company in 1994, five years into the business, 11 employees, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. I had nine that were, you know, wrong people. I talk about this in the book, but I would Mm -hmm. not have built a great culture that we have today hadn't I made the mistake to learn why were those 11 people not the right fit? Now I got them out. I started again. What was I going to do differently to ensure that my business had a great culture I was proud of. Well, and you talk about it in the book too, finding gratitude in challenging times. And I think that's such a powerful mindset shift when we can shift our mindsets to not just, you know, get comfortable with the fact that we probably will fail, you know, anytime we're, we're proactively looking to grow in our lives, but, but actually appreciate the failures and look at them as an opportunity to learn. Well, that takes a lot of the sting out of failure, right? Um, because you're learning from it and you're getting better as you go. Um, you know, one last thing I'll say, and I, I've never said this before, but I, I, I just thought this now that I always say that failure is a gift. Mm-hmm. What do we do when we're given a gift? We say, thank you. Yeah. So if failure is a gift, when you get the gift of failure, go, all right, thank you. Thank you. you no, know, and it's just a, a positive way to be grateful for that failure, that lesson you needed to learn that will make you a better person, a better leader, a better entrepreneur. It's a gift, man. I love that. And it, it'll flip a switch in your head too, to turn what would initially be viewed as a negative situation into a positive situation. So I absolutely love that. Um, you talk in the book also, and, and you, I think you alluded to this a little bit when you were talking about how you came up with the title for, for the book. Um, but you talk a lot about painting a picture of what you want the future to look like and then 
putting that picture out there so that it becomes real. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I went to my parents had a little shack on the water, a little summer cabin, and I was in a bit of a doom loop, just a bit of a downward spiral feeling like I built a million dollar business after eight years, but do I love it? What if I don't have the money and the education to take it a step further? So I went to their cottage, took out a sheet of paper, sat on the dock, and I'm like, enough negativity. What could the future look like if I could only imagine pure possibility? So I started to list. I said, we will be in the top 30 metros in North America by the end of 2003. There are 30 cities bigger than we started. I said, we will be on the Oprah Winfrey show. We'll be the FedEx of junk removal with clean, shiny trucks, friendly, uniformed drivers. I started to paint this image of possibility. And I had this picture in my mind that was now down in writing that I was able to take. It got me out of the doom loop. It gave me just hope in a place, a destination. I started to share it with people around me. And everyone I shared it with did one of two things. One group said, Brian, whoa, top 30 metros, Oprah, I think you're smoking some hope dope here. (laughs) Good luck with this. They ultimately left the business, but the other half said, this is pretty compelling. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I want to be a part of us getting there. And so I had a vision and I'll I'll throw it out to you. If any of your uh, listeners, viewers want to send me an Instagram note and say, painted picture, please. I'll uh, send you a copy of an article I wrote on how to create one. I'll send you uh, our copy of our current painted picture so you can understand what that's about. But the painted picture, you take from the entrepreneur's mind, the picture, put it in writing and share it with everyone around you. Then you sort of crystal ball the future. You've, You've got everyone around you knowing where you see the future. And together you figure out how to get there. Well, it's the law of attraction at work, right? And I think it's also clearly part of how, you know, you've built such an amazing culture within your organizations because you get everyone bought into that vision. And if they're not, they'll go on to do something else. And I know culture is something that you're, you know, huge on and we don't have enough time to get into it now. But, um, you know, just, just absolutely love everything you talk about you know, in the book. So I cannot recommend it enough. Um, where can people find the book if they want to check it out? I know I got it on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's the the place for any book you could ever find. Right. So yeah. Amazon, um, let me know what you think of the book, you know, go on social, give me some comments. I always love feedback on the book. And what's interesting is when people read WTF, they're like, I love the story about X it's always different stories. There's no one story that everyone seems to identify with because it depends where you are. You know, they say when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. So, you know, if there's a story and an anecdote that resonates with someone, then, hey, writing the book was well worthwhile. Oh, well, I can tell you, you're helping a lot of people through the book. So, um, well done on, on that. And for the record, while I've got you, my favorite story was the story about how you decided you wanted 1-800-JUNK as the name of the company, but you didn't yeah. own the phone number and you went yeah. to great lengths to figure out who owned the phone number and then essentially convinced them to uh, sign the number over to you. That's, that's a great story and I think a testament to uh, you know, the, the persistence that, that you had and the, the vision that you had already painted and sticking to that. So, um, well, Brian, this has been amazing. Oh, I was going to say, sorry, I designed the logo before I actually got the phone number because I was that clear that I was going to get it. So, well, yeah. And I, and I love that. And I mean, when I started my path to freedom consulting business, I had a really nice salary job, you know, pretty, pretty cushy, great earning potential. 
we already owned some franchise businesses. So we, you know, I kind of had one foot in as an entrepreneur, one foot in as a corporate employee, knew I wanted to, to go do this. So, but I was scared, right? Like yeah. so many people are. So I designed a logo. That was like my first step. And that gave me something real. And I started sharing it just like you talk about with the painted picture. And yeah. that just kind of gave me a starting point and, and the confidence. So, um, but anyways, look, I know you're pressed for time. So just wanted to thank, thank you, you again for making time to do this. Thank you for sharing everything that you've shared. I know everyone that listens will uh, get a ton, a ton of value from it. So um, if I could keep you for like 30 seconds more, I have, Absolutely. A, I have a lightning round. This is four questions yeah, let's do it. that Love I ask everybody rounds. that comes on the, the podcast. And it's great to hear answers to these same questions from so many different successful people. So first right. question is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? That could be in business or in yeah. life. Never, ever, ever, ever compromise on the quality of people you bring into your organization. I love that. Culture is king, right? Yep. Next question would be, do you have any sort of a morning routine? Anything that you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Yeah, I get up at 5.55 a.m. on most days. You know, I'm, I'm pretty consistent. And what I do is the first thing is I pull up my iPhone. I've got a note called intention, and I set my intention for the day. And I've been tracking that for years and years. What's the one thing today that I need to be thinking about, has to be on my mind, have to get done, but it's just, what's my purpose today? I love that. That's powerful. Um, I know you mentioned earlier you're not a huge reader, but if you are, I'm curious, what book are you reading right now? Yeah. Oh, what am I reading? Um, I don't know if I'm reading, am I reading anything? You know, I will say that this is, this is one on my desk right now, Rocket Fuel. Yeah. It's all about the implementer and the visionary. And so Eric, our president and COO, we're both really good at going, we've got a visionary and an implementer role. We separate our roles, but two heads are bigger, better than one. And we, we get more stuff done together by being sort of a yin and yang. So that's a pretty fantastic book. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's not one I've read yet, but has been on a, a running book. list of mine. All right, well then final question is, what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, people talk about starting a business, living the dream. I'm living the dream every day. I mean, I truly do love what I do. Um, I wish I wasn't in a basement every day. I mean, we got the <laughs> pandemic, but hey, yeah. uh, but beyond that, man, I love talking to people about entrepreneurship. I love sharing ideas. I love learning and growing. And I think it's the most fantastic career choice anyone could ever make. So I feel very proud of our team that we get to inspire entrepreneurship and meet yeah. people like you who are doing the same. Yeah. Well, look, man, you are an inspiration. I'm a huge fan of everything that you've done, everything you've built over there at O2E Brands. And I can't wait to keep watching and you know seeing what you guys continue to build. So again, really appreciate you making some time to drop in with me here on the podcast. Yes. And thanks for everything you do to help other, other aspiring entrepreneurs. Awesome. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. You as well. See you, Brian. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at wes at path 
the number two frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.